Innes Forgettance is a folk fantasy podcast set in an alternate Appalachia and faraway Celtic fort. You can help support me and this story by sharing it with your friends, posting on social media, or by clicking the link in the description to buy me a coffee. I'm glad you joined me this week, and stay safe out there in the woods. Previously on the Innis Forgettance, Brana was consumed by the ominous warning haze. Meanwhile, Elga couldn't shake the feeling that the marriage she so hastily pushed for is wrong. When a wagon bearing Brana arrived in the distance, Elga was horrified at the state of her granddaughter. The warning haze billowed, blacker than she had ever seen, and Brana was throwing herself against the cage they kept her in, trying to bleed the pain away. Brana fell unconscious, and Elga and fellow tribesmen lay her to rest under a shelter of leaves. Then, Elga rushed to the Triad Lodge to try and allay the fears of the tribe. The king pushed for Brana's execution, but Elga argued that killing Brana would kill her gifting forever. Before they could finish their argument, Seamus began yelling outside, urging the entire Innis tribe to kill the Everchild and keep their land. When Elga approached, Seamus grabbed a sword, mounted a horse, and rode in the direction of Brana's sleeping place. Elga, the king, and the guards, and Kara the soul shepherd followed in close pursuit. Elga managed to buy herself time by telling the king that if they lay a hand on Brana, she would drive a knife into her own heart by morning. The king left a guard to watch Elga and Kara as Kara used her spiritual sight to sense into Brana's state. Red orbs emitted from Brana, but Kara could not find the girl's soul. Her soul was not in her body. The silver cord that tethers a person's spirit to their body was stretched taut in Brana, and despite not being dead, the girl's soul was nowhere to be found. Then a deafening scream wailed across the land. Elga and Kara rushed to see the Innis fort blazing in fire as Yerdit forces attacked.
Elga in the past. Elga shoved all thought of Brana from her mind, even as more orbs sailed overhead, growing in number and size like burning stars fallen to earth. She gathered the skirt of her dress and knelt low, moving as quickly as her sore and stinging back would allow to the nearest rock wall, where the guards had pledged to stay, but had rushed toward the fray, no doubt. Once there, she hid, straining with her weakened vision to focus on the locus of impending battle. She barely registered Kara's shuffling footsteps as the soul shepherd crouched beside her. Fire raced across the dry summer grass, leaping, lapping at the stone fort. Yerdit forces would reach its main gate in minutes. Faces of families, fathers and mothers, children who laughed at Brana's feet, flashed in Elga's mind's eye. Would they sneak out the door? Smaller gates before flames trapped them inside? Would they dare to clamber down the craggy cliffs to shelter themselves by the hungry sea? Shadowy figures appeared at the top of the watchtowers. To Elga's eye, soldiers appeared as tiny twigs in the distance easily snapped. The vicious scene unfolded before her like players on a stage, falling in glory before her story-keeping eyes. It would remain locked in her endless memory, passed on for generations. I caused this story, she thought. Shame engulfed her like a humid mouth. Her entire body broke into sweat. Beside her, Kara leaned over the wall and broke into a deep, mournful cry. Jala spirit, she's gone. Her gifting dies forever. Elga stood, climbed over the rock wall. I caused this story. I refuse to keep this story. Elga, what are you doing? She ignored Kara. Storykeeper, what are you doing? Just stay where you are, Kara. But Storykeeper, your granddaughter... Did you not tell me, Kara, that her spirit is lost? Elga halted, but didn't turn. Protecting Brona's physical body is but little comfort, knowing it is emptied of her spirit. And retrieving her spirit would bring no healing if she returns to the decimation of the people she loves. A lump in her throat cut her off, cracking her voice. She's better off wherever she is right now. But Elga... Stay where you are. Elga hurried ahead. The treeless landscape left her horribly exposed. 
She prayed the battle fray would retain all attention until she could get close enough, close enough to hear screams, wails, cries. A quick flick of her eyes and she was close enough to see one of the watch topple from his tower, impaled by a sailing arrow, close enough to catch the scent of smoke as fire ate its way around the fort's periphery. King Turla's men would have to brave the flames, or the fort would be their cage, if they'd have a fighting chance to fight the Yerdit. Close enough, and she had had enough. Planting her feet, Elga summoned every memory of violence in their past. Murder, skirmish, scuffle, battle, and sent them forth into the assault. Ghostly, ghastly images materialized in the wake of the Innis Yerdet violence. Visages brandishing foreign, forgotten weaponry. Barely clothed bodies bearing perplexing paints and purpling bruises and savage scars. The scenes she had stored since her unlocking replayed themselves simultaneously, oblivious to the battle happening in their midst. Yerdit soldiers thrashed, jolted, utterly taken aback. Elga squinted into the distance, barely able to see the first shining blades slice the air. She smiled when the Yerdit howled in fear, realizing their swords did nothing to the haunts. She craned her ears as they shouted accusations about curses and spirits and Innis demons. All the while, she urged the memories to play and play and play, a relentless fiddler bent on deepening distraction and stirring up confusion. Then, she dared to edge closer. Innis soldiers seized their opportunity and struck hard. Yerdet scattered at the sound of snarling. Elga made out the shape of a large, rabid wolf. King Turla had leveraged his gifting, becoming a beast from the first land. She pounded her fist into her palm in tandem with his growling lunges. Horses whinnied, pranced back, knocking soldiers from their seats. Three Innis warriors, she could make out Grig and Liam and Dara, as they raced forward in a fit of furious flips, wielding wild blades, glowing and loaded with the intent to pursue any target. Elga stamped her foot in tandem with their swords as they sliced and stabbed and grabbed the upper hand. Yerdet soldiers fell, their bodies thudded to the ground like the rhythm 
of a sickening battle drum. Someone shouted the order to fall back. Yerdit forces, what remained of them, retreated amidst the glow of growing flame. Their comrades lay bleeding in the crisp summer grass. The brittle blades were ripe for kindling. Innis land would soon erupt into dozens of bone fires. Cool droplets peppered Elga's skin. She looked up. Countless red orbs sailed overhead, though now they had grown to the size of boulders. Through ribbons of smoke, a figure stood on the fort's parapet, arms raised overhead in a diamond shape. Kira, the water speaker. Elga's stomach flipped. No one with Kira's gifting had ever bent the elements on such a large scale. The young woman let out an inhuman roar. Water poured from the sky in sheets. Elga sputtered and looked down, cupping her face with her hands just to keep her airways clear. Her clothes stuck to her body as though she had jumped in the ocean. Gasping, she staggered backward, but she could not outrun Kira's storm. Elga would never forget the sizzle of monstrous flames surrendering to supernatural water. Innis land hissed as though covered with countless thrashing snakes. But the water stopped as suddenly as it had come. Sputtering, Elga smeared the hair from her face, rubbed her eyes, and squinted ahead, coughing. Innis land was black, rendered into one large piece of coal. Soot-darkened bodies dotted the ground. Vibrating, growing orbs dotted the air. Elga spotted Kira, wavering at the edge of the parapet. No! Elga lurched forward, but the young woman toppled completely spent from leveraging her gifting to such a degree. Elga covered her ears. It wasn't enough to deafen her to the cracking thud. The Innis Forgettance was written, narrated, and produced by me, Leah Noel, with special appearance by David Walker. The original song, Beware the Never Seen, was written, composed, and performed by Georgia musicians Miles Landrum and Lorelei. You can find links to more of their excellent music in the show notes. Sound effects came from the kind folks at freesound.org. You can follow this podcast with behind the scenes and more on Instagram and TikTok at Leah with a pen. Ooh-hoo.